0: Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo, and today we're talking about the way you communicate with the people who are most important to you. We're talking about your clients. We're talking about the people who make you more successful, your employees, your teammates. We're talking about how you communicate with your family and friends. The objective of communication is not just to convey your thoughts, but also to convey the emotion behind them and to evoke emotion in other people. In order to make sure I get this right and make sure you get it right. I had to go out and find somebody who I think is an expert and will help you with this. And she's going to help us make sure our heads are in the right place. Our emotions are on point and that you get the most out of your communication. I'm talking about Donna Restigian mac She's an executive communication coach, and she's here today on the Inside BS Show. Donna, thank you so much for joining us. It's wonderful to have you here today.
1: And she is so excited to be here, Dave. Thank you so, so much for having me. Well, I really
0: appreciate you being here because we can never work on our communication skills enough. I want you to tell us how you got started coaching executives on their ability to communicate with their primary audience, their clients, their uh, employees, as well as maybe in their personal lives. How did you get started doing this?
1: Well, thank you so much for the question, first of all, and thank you very much for having me, Dave. There was no straight line to getting here, that's for sure. I mean, I've been in the communications industry- for 40 years, since I was 18 years old. But I didn't start, certainly, as an executive communication coach. I actually started in the media. And after a couple of years of being in the media, uh, you know, the media was changing. It was time to do something different. I had no idea what I was going to do. My kids were little at that time. So I uh, I did what a lot of people who were transitioning from the media into something else did, which was I I actually began by uh, by building a a voiceover recording studio in my house. So the year was approximately 2003. And I started doing that for a while, which was great, and it gave me an opportunity to learn what business was all about. And I I started not only recording my own voice, but I started recording other people's voices. I think I was recording podcasts, Dave, even even before the word podcast was anything. And it was through that process that I found that I was a very good director of people. And my clients started inviting me into their companies, after they used to come to my studio, first to help them with with presentation skills training. And then once I get into companies, I realize that, oh my goodness, these people need so much more than presentation skills training. You get it. They need interpersonal communication skills training. So how did my business get started? I was just a good listener. And I used to talk to, you know, the people who were HR directors and people who had executive positions, and I would listen to their wants and their needs, and uh, then I had to decide, do Did I have the ability to go in there and help them do things like have those interpersonal conversations with those challenging personalities? Or, you know, how do you provide feedback to people? How do you delegate to people and, and really be clear and concise so you can get the job done? So, I say I became an executive communication coach probably towards the end of that decade, closer to 2010. And then it was just uh, it was just through that process. Uh, I think I was in the right place at the right time. I was already doing the work. And now, in the year 2022, because this is being recorded in 2022, I mean, communication skills are more important now than ever because they have so changed over the years. You simply cannot communicate in business. Business in the 21st century like you could in the 20th century. So I am absolutely thrilled to be here.
0: Well, thanks for that. And let's let's start with probably one of the most important aspects, and you touched on this right in the beginning of your answer to that question, and that is listening. Do you think I, I have this theory, and I think people want to be good listeners. But especially when it comes to, in a business setting, they try to focus on what they're going to say next. It's not a selfish thing. It's that they want to be perfect in what they say next. So they're, they kind of check out about midway through the other person's answer to a question or the, the other person's statement because they want to make sure they get the answer right. Is that why you think uh, other people aren't as good a listener as they could be? It's time once again for our Sandrowski Business Minute. And today I have John Alfonsi with me. And John, guess
2: what? I got an offer to buy my business. Now what? Good question. So if you were otherwise soliciting for the sale of your business, hopefully you've already done what we refer to as sell-side due diligence, which is getting the company ready for sale, making sure your financial records are in order, put some window dressing on the business, make it ready for sale. Even if that's at that you're at that point, then you still need to get your advisor or get your team involved. So you're gonna need a good M&A attorney, you're going to need a good estate planning attorney it's best to get your estate plans in order before you sell the business rather than afterwards contact your wealth manager make sure how are you going to live without getting that regular paycheck once you sell your business and maybe you need a good valuation person to determine whether or not that offer is a good offer um, you know, you may have a, an investment banker that's helping you with that, maybe in the ballpark. But if it's even, you know, more times than that, it might be an unsolicited offer, either from a strategic buyer or private equity firm. You need to know whether or not that's a good price that you should be selling out at. Um, so that's where we would get involved by providing some valuation services and just assessing of the of the offer. The other thing I would mention is if you're otherwise going to have any sort of an earnout provision or it may be non third party debt financed is do some due diligence on the acquirer to make sure that they're going to have the wherewithal to operate that business and make sure that you're maximizing the value.
0: Yeah. You want to make sure that if you're, if you have an earn out, they can actually keep the business going in order to pay you the earn out over time. All right. This has been another Sandrowski business minute. We'll see you again tomorrow with a different Sandrowski business minute. Thanks to John Alfonsi. John, if people want to reach you with questions on valuation, how can they get a hold of
2: you? They can call us at our toll-free number, 866-717-1607. Visit our website, cca-advisors.com, or email me directly at jta at c e n d s e l C-E-N-D-S-E-L.com.
0: All right. Remember, folks, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they're a CPA firm with a different perspective.
1: Yes. And I also think, Dave, that they want to be helpful right? They want to be able to provide them some means of direction or some valuable information. So, you're absolutely right. It's so easy for them to default to, what am I going to say? How can I be helpful? How can I interject as quickly as possible so we can get to the answers? And sometimes that is the way to go about doing things, but more times than not, especially in this day and age with so much uncertainty that we're dealing with, right we're living in a just an unprecedented time of change and uncertainty and a lot of people first of all they're they're a lot of people are afraid to ask questions a lot of people are afraid to Um, admit that they don't have all the answers. So I'll tell you, if you are in a leadership position and someone actually comes in, right, walks into your office or your virtual office with something important, a question or an idea or something like that, it's your job as the effective communicator to slow down just a little bit. Right? Just like 10 or 15% to know how easy it is to default to that, how can I be helpful quickly thing, but to say, sit, stay, right? To pose more questions. And to also know how easy it is to be distracted, right? I mean, a distraction is everything now. How distracted is the world? How many things does any individual have on their mind, right, in any given moment throughout the entire workday? So... I would say do your best to go from a place of trying to be helpful to a place of curiosity. Can I ask one more question? Can I ensure that understanding is taking place? And it might actually also be better if you paraphrase what they said to ensure that you understand before you supply any kind of answer or any kind of direction to them.
0: I, I find when I talk to executives and I say, listen, why don't you reflect back what the person says before you give your answer? Their concern is, oh, Dave, they're going to think I'm an idiot. They're going to, you know, I'm just repeating back what they say, you know, because or sometimes we'll teach them in sales. We'll teach them the mirroring technique. We'll teach them to say, to, to reflect back the last few words to kind of make the connection and acknowledge that they understood what was said and people are uncomfortable with that because they think that that repetition maybe slows them down. How do, you, how do you convince an executive, especially a senior level executive, that she or he has to take the time to give some visual and auditory cues to let the other person know, yes, I hear you and I acknowledge what you're saying?
1: Right. Right. Thank you so, so much for that question. And in this day and age, Dave, it's all about connection, right? It's all about human to human connection. And if you are in a leadership position, it's absolutely a great investment of time because humans need to know that they're seen, that they're heard. And that they're valued. So, the extra, what, five to ten to fifteen seconds you're going to take to repeat back, right, to paraphrase what they just said, to ensure that understanding takes, is taking place. And think about, think about the complex conversations that people are having as you work through these changes, right? This, this incredibly uncertain time, as you work through these changes, you do want to make sure that understanding has taken place, especially as the leader. Perhaps you missed something yourself. So it's really twofold. That way, the person you're speaking with knows that I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm valued. I so, I so appreciate that. And you are ensuring that you're not missing any important details as well.
0: So we're speaking, folks, with Donna Restegian-Mac. She's an executive communication coach. If you want to reach out to her, you can call her at 508-954-8279, 508-954-8279. So, Donna, what is the thing you think is the biggest miss, the thing that executives get wrong consistently that when you come in just about nine times out of 10, you have to say, this is the thing we have to fix first. What is the biggest miss that you see, the biggest uh, issue that you see with executive communication these days?
1: Big question. I'm trying to consolidate my answer. It's really a couple of things. You know, number one is something I alluded to a little while ago. Communication today is not what communication was yesterday. So, you have to look at your existing communication skills and really be open to the possibility that it's time to update them at least a little bit as time goes on. That's number one. And number two, I would say that when you learn new, new communication skills or, you know, certainly utilize communication skills from the past, very often you think that everybody's the same, <laughs> right? That somebody is receiving the information. Like if you, ta- if you have one conversation with one person and you used various communication skills in order to get there and it worked beautifully, uh, very often people think they can use that same type of situation with everybody on the team. But no, no, it's more important important now than ever, Dave, to really take time. Say you're the leader and there are, I don't know, 10 people on your team to really do your best to get to know each person as an individual. Oh, these two might be more introverted and shy, but we, we know they're also brilliant. So we want to be able to tap into their genius. These other people might be more... I don't know, more direct communicators. These other two might be more indirect communicators. You know, there are direct communicators and indirect communicators. People, for example, uh, if you pose a question to them, a direct communicator might, um, might start with a direct answer followed by the details. An indirect communicator might start with the details and then slowly but surely get to the answer. So, you as a leader, it's really important for you to know what type of people, well, first, who you are as a communicator. And once you take time to realize who you are as a communicator, then it's much easier to determine how other people communicate on your team.
0: Donna, do you feel that all the devices that we have or all the media that we have at our disposal these days makes us worse at communication? So, for example, texting has absolutely destroyed my children's ability to communicate in complete sentences, and I'm constantly correcting them. But because I now have kids that use a phone and I have kids that communicate, uh, using SMS, using text. I find that I'm noticing even adults are struggling to get their point across in a cogent and impactful way. Is, is, technology, is, is technology destroying the art of effective communication?
1: Is technology destroying the world? Weapons of mass distraction... I'm working with Dr. Judson Brewer from the Mindfulness Center at Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, and I got that from him, right? It's so true. Weapons of mass distraction. In fact, don't laugh. I often um, refer to myself as the David to the Goliath of the Internet, right? Right. I mean, and of course, don't get me wrong. Where would we be without email? Where would we be? I mean, we can't just do snail mail anymore. I mean, so thank goodness there is electronic communication. So with that said and done, I do have to ask you a question, Dave. How old are your kids?
0: My kids are 11 and 13.
1: Yeah. I almost want to like just, (sighs) hopefully you have instilled a day of rest, right? To say to your kids, you know what? Sundays, no internet or at least for five hours, from like noon to five, we're going out and we're playing. We're going out and we're riding bikes today. And when you come back at five o'clock, if you want to check your phones, fine. So I know that's the mom and me. Sorry about that. But yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, how many screens? I think that's the, that's the best thing we can do. How many screens do you have? For example, what do I have? Excuse me, just a moment here. Got my iPad. Right, mm-hmm. got my these are I can all, I can touch these, right? And I, that's not even counting my TVs, right. right? So everything in moderation.
0: One one of the things one of the things that I like to do with uh, with people when we're working on say like a, a pitch or a presentation is I pull them aside and I force them to prepare without visual aids, without mm. PowerPoint. And what, that, I, what I find that does is it really puts a, a sharp focus on their ability to tell a story, mm-hmm. their ability to connect and to engage with people on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And then we add back in the PowerPoint. But the PowerPoint is much different when you do it that way because the PowerPoint then is just visual. Mm-hmm. It's only a picture to help in invoking the emotion. It's not Used as a prompter mm-hmm. for them to read their presentation. Oh no. What is your advice to people who are going to get in front of an audience and they have to move them? Right? Think of the CEO who has to inspire his team, or the department head who needs to convey something that's essential in order to service the people that are the clients, or the person who's going to go into a boardroom and pitch venture capitalists for millions of dollars to get the next round of funding for their big idea and they're standing there reading you know what it looks like right (laughs) they turn and they look at the powerpoint and they're pointing to the powerpoint the audience is in front of them and their back is three quarters of the way turned to them (laughs) it's disastrous right Think about them being able to stand in front of that group and tell a story mm-hmm. and have the audience riveted, have the audience in the <laughs> palm of their hand. They always get it wrong. What's your counsel
1: to okay. those folks? Two things, thorough and Jobs. Thorough, simplify, simplify, simplify. Jobs, look at his PowerPoints. Go back, you know, 15 years and look at Steve Jobs' PowerPoints. Very often there was one picture or sometimes one word, maybe a phrase on the, on the slide. So, that's number one. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Do not expect your PowerPoint to, you know, when you put too much up on the screen, you are actually confusing the viewer because they're trying to pay attention. So they're looking at all these things on the slide and they're trying to listen to you simultaneously. What's going to happen when that happens? They're going to zone out. They're going to tune out. It's going to be too much. It's going to be overload for them. So, what do I say? Very very similar to what you're saying, Dave. Um, PowerPoint slides, great. You know, if you're going to speak for 45 minutes, you want to create 10 slides. It's those people who go, I have 60 slides in 45 minutes. No, you want to create 10 slides to help people and to help yourself keep track? Wonderful. Keep them as simple as possible and know your stuff. And make sure... Worst case scenario, your PowerPoint goes down, your technology goes down. Always have some notes, right? You come in there, you should first of all have your slides printed out and you should be able to refer to them without your PowerPoint and certainly just talk to the slides. So, if you have one word up there or one picture up there, you should absolutely be able to talk to your slides. And the last thing I want to parlay is if there is a lot of information, you know, say you are coming in from um, the sciences or some technologically oriented organization where there is a lot of information that you need to parlay, then have a handout right? At the end of the PowerPoint or at the end of the presentation, you can say, you know what, you know what, this is a, this is a high level view of what we needed to discuss today. And that's often a question you should ask yourself. Do I want to give them high level or do I want to take them into the weeds? More times than not, it's really vital that you keep things high level. And if they do have questions and and you do need to so-called get into the weeds, give them a handout or have the answers in your back pocket and you can discuss them at the end.
0: You know, that's such a great point. When, When you have a topic that's dense and you have 45 minutes, Prepare a briefing book and send it in advance. Send the briefing book a week in advance with a note. Send a physical briefing book or send a PDF in an email and say it is critical that you familiarize yourself with this material in advance of the presentation. I will be doing a high-level overview for forty-five minutes on something that took a year to prepare. Right. And right. Pre- this is this comes from this comes from consulting because. When you deliver presentations to an executive committee or to a board of directors after a year-long research study, you've got 45 minutes, maybe, if you're lucky, in that board of directors meeting, and you studied this stuff, they commissioned this study, and it took a year you're not going to get a year's worth of information into 45 minutes. The key is not to do the briefing book as a leave behind. Send it in advance so they can have some familiarity with the material and they can formulate their questions so that when they give you that window, that 15, 20 minute window for questions, they're, the people who read the briefing book are at least going to ask relevant, educated
1: questions. They're prepped. Exactly. They're prepped. And this is why exactly. this is reminding me of being proactive, right? Being proactive to your communication skills. You know, so many people come to me and they, um, they say, oh, I have a presentation coming up. I'm nervous. It's 45 minutes, right? The audience, right? The board of directors or whomever, some Zoom room, right? You have opportunities to speak all over the world. And the first question I'll ask is, okay, when is it? In a week it's coming up in a week. And I'm like, a week?
0: Yeah. Thanks, thanks for calling. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, no. thanks for giving me some time to work with.
1: <laughs> I mean, not impossible, but had you given me two weeks, had you given us a month, especially with right. a vital presentation or opportunity to facilitate something important, be as proactive as possible.
0: Donna, what do you think of Zoom? Do you do you think do you think Zoom I mean, granted, in the pandemic it served us very well and it, it got us through that just fine. And there is a future for it, but what is, what's your opinion on being able to communicate using Zoom?
1: I love Zoom. I am so lucky. I was actually versed in Zoom before the great pandemic. Therefore, in business, you know, I've always been able to coach and train people virtually. Now I'm just doing it more. So I think it is absolutely wonderful. And I will also tell you, Dave, that I've met some awesome people when I think of the friendships that I have developed over the last couple of years, it's been magnificent. And now I'm, I'm networking with people out in California and Texas, and I have a woman I'm spe- Actually, it was a woman from New York who introduced you and I. And yes. had it not been for Zoom, I probably never would have met her. And therefore, we wouldn't have been having this conversation. But of course, you know, everything in moderation. So you try to shut it off as early in the day as possible. So uh, you're not all zoomed out and it's not flowing through your mind and your brain before you, uh, you, you try to rest your body at the end of the day and try to clear your mind so you can get ready for the next day. But I'm, I'm thrilled with Zoom. I'm thrilled with Zoom and what a magnificent tool. I wish I had stock.
0: so a couple of things to that point right i i I, honestly i'm with you on the ability to create new relationships and to connect the ability to have people all in one place so that you can visually communicate as well as auditorially communicate with people from california from europe from new york from miami all in the same room all in the same meeting Fantastic tool for that. Fantastic tool for networking in that same way. But just like there used to be meetings that could be summed up in an email, I find that now we have phone calls that have been extrapolated to Zoom. That should have never been on Zoom. They would have been 10 minute phone calls, but now they're 30 minute Zoom meetings. So, uh, the folks who are listening out there, use your common sense. If you're meeting somebody for the first time, Zoom is great. If you're doing a client presentation and you got a jam schedule, the client has a jam schedule, Zoom is great for that. But it's not a substitute for an in-person meeting when it's practical. And it's also not a substitute for a short phone call to ask a quick question. Yeah,
1: (laughs) phone calls are great. Phone calls are wonderful and we, we do need more. And you're absolutely right about the time. Instead of that 30-minute Zoom meeting, more times than not, you can consolidate your time simply by jumping on, on the phone and just use one sense, the one sense of hearing. And if you do, that just, just a little sidebar, Dave, if you do um, jump on a, a phone call as opposed to a Zoom call, be aware of distractions because it's so easy when you're talking with someone to also oh, check your email simultaneously. OK, so do your best to be present with the person with whom you are communicating.
0: Now, Donna, talk to me about brevity. How do you help people who like intelligent people, intellectually curious people? How do you help them get their thoughts to, the, to a place where they're concise and they can, and you can punch them so that they have the most impact and they retain the attention of their audience. I mean, your media experience really has to come into play here because you gotta get so much squeezed into so little time. How do you help people become more impactful, taking up less time, using less words?
1: hmm mm-hmm. Well, um, to teach them, there's a template, right? Uh, if somebody poses a question to you, you give them a headline, followed by an example, followed by a comment. So, you know, practice using that template. And also, uh, find out whether or not, uh, find out how your brain works. Right. I mentioned a little while ago, or I alluded, alluded a little while ago, Dave, to um, are you a direct communicator or are you an indirect communicator? And there's no right or wrong answer, right? So the goal is to just know what comes easily and naturally to you. When you answer questions, do you start with the details and slowly but surely and hopefully eventually get to the point Or do you get to the point quickly followed by the details? So these are some questions you can ask yourself. Am I more direct or am I more indirect? And again, no right or wrong answer. You know, so if you are more indirect, just know, especially in business, time is money, right? Time is money. And when you get that, um, it's absolutely worth the investment to learn how to become a bit more direct and how to answer a question succinctly.
0: So the question is, Donna, how do you get folks to to make sure that they're crystal clear and when they're crystal clear, they are crystal clear giving just enough detail to connect and engage with the with the audience.
1: Not easy, right? Wouldn't it be wonderful if the whole world were crystal clear, right? I think one of the first things you can do, Dave, is, uh, is understand the template. For example, if somebody poses a question to you, you want to deliver headline back, right? Here's the answer to that question, followed by an example, followed by a comment. So, that's the basic template. And then, it's also very important to know whether you naturally are a more direct communicator or a more indirect communicator. For example, if somebody does pose a question to you, are you more apt to start with the the answer, right? followed by the details, or are you more apt to start with the details, right, and paint a picture for people, and slowly, but surely, and hopefully, and eventually, get to the point, get to the answer. And uh, so, answering that question is really important. I often pose that question. In fact, I, uh, I created something called the 10 Questions self assessment, the 10-question communication self-assessment. In fact, it's free. It's on the um, homepage of my website. And that's one of the questions. Are you more of an indirect communicator or a direct communicator? And when I pose that question, Dave, I I always remind people there are no right or wrong answers. What's important is that you know, right? Whether you're more direct or whether you're more indirect. And if you are a bit more indirect, keep in mind that It's all about time, right? Consolidating time. In business, as we know, time is money. So, it's absolutely worth the energy, the effort, and the investment to learn how to be both, right? If you are a more indirect communicator, sometimes there's a time to be indirect. But when it comes to business and really being able to get to the point and, you know, keep your eye on the clock, learn how to become a more direct communicator.
0: Well, to that end, talk to us about mindfulness. How has mindfulness helped you and how does it help your clients?
1: Thank you, thank you for the question. In 2017, I knew the world was getting more convoluted, probably with the onset of the internet It was more challenging than ever to really connect. And my clients, I noticed too, like there's always stress and fear around speaking and communicating, but I noticed that had really increased. So uh, I decided to become a certified mindfulness teacher. And I'll tell you, it not only helps me help my clients, but it also helps me. And I would say, Dave, um, the most important thing it helps me and my clients with is that distraction piece that we were talking about a little while ago. It is so easy for our minds to be not here, not present, either thinking about something that's happened in the past or anticipating or worrying about something that may be coming up in the future. So, becoming more mindful helps everybody become more present to what's happening right here, right now. So you can really focus on communicating more directly, and you can really focus on creating those healthy human connections. So you can build trusted relationships. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about, right? Do they know me? Do they like me? Do they trust me? And they're not going to do business with you if they don't know you, like you, and trust you so if you do indeed take the time to become more present to know how easy it is and not to beat yourself up right when you are distracted about what's happened in the past what might be happening in the future and it's and it's mind it's like it's like um really strengthening that muscle the muscle of the mind to become more mindful present right here right now and if i could also throw this one out there dave um, first of all, the definition of mindfulness mindfulness is awareness of what you're doing in the present moment, non judgmentally. And the Surgeon General of the United States says mindfulness is the next frontier. Just like 60 or 65 years ago, like physical fitness was the next frontier, people didn't exercise. Only people who were running the Olympics or working in the Olympics really exercised. But like 60, 65 years ago, physical fitness was the new frontier. Mindfulness is the new frontier now. It has to be in this, I call it this crazy, busy, distracted world it does help us become more present. It helps with something called executive attention, because think about how many things that we each have on our minds in any given day, but it really helps us again, become present and zero in on what we need to pay attention to in the here and now.
0: Okay, Donna, so I want you to think about three things three things we should take away from our time together today. And while you're doing that, I'm going to remind people that we are brought to you by my revenue roadmap guide. So if you're listening to us and you're watching the show and you're thinking to yourself, this is all great, but I need to figure out how to get more clients. So now I know how to communicate better, but how do I get in front of the right people to communicate with? Well, I've got the solution for you. It's the same business development plan that I share with my clients. I'm gonna give it to you for free. It's my gift to you for watching the show, for listening to the show. All you need to do is go to revenueroadmapguide.com, revenueroadmapguide.com, that's a website. Enter your contact info there. And when you download the con, when you enter your contact info, you'll be able to download my free revenue roadmap guide. That's a business development plan. It's the same plan I use with my clients. It focuses on you developing relationships with people first, and then developing business from those relationships. You can customize it for your business. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info. Download it today. Also. Donna mentioned to you that she has a resource available. I want to give you the website where you can go to get Donna's resource. That's the the 10 communications tips that she mentioned. She'll fill you in on that in just one moment. You can go to iVoiceCommunication.com. There's no S on the end of communication. iVoiceCommunication.com all together. It's down in the show notes if you want to just scroll down and click on it. Also down in the show notes is Donna's email address if you want to email her. If you want to reach out to her old school on the telephone, all you need to do is call 508-954-8279, 508-954-8279. Okay, Donna, so I asked you to come up with three things that we should take away from our time together. Before you do that, tell us once again about that resource you have for us on your website, please.
1: Well, that was actually going to be one of the things, Dave. I sure will. Homepage of my website. It's 10 questions to gauge your communication success. It's absolutely free. And I'll tell you, and just a reminder, when you do take the uh, communication self-assessment, there are no right or wrong answers. Really, the skill is to just know where you currently stand so again ivoicecommunication.com it's right there on the uh, on the home page a couple of things here i've written down some notes so i'm going to give you three more things Um, communication has changed Right, it's, it's 20 to 22 today as we record. So just keep that in mind. We just cannot continue with the communication skills of yesterday in today's virtual world. So that's number one. Number two, take time to listen. It's so, so easy to be distracted. So ask more questions and really stay present with people so they know and they feel seen and heard and valued. And I guess the last thing I'll share then is uh, the importance of being not only compelling when you speak, but concise, right? Of course, we want to be compelling. We want to put our thoughts and our our ideas up and out there to the world, but do, do your best to be as concise as possible because attention spans, as we know, have certainly shrunk over the years. So uh, those are my three, Dave.
0: Fantastic tips, Donna. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for joining us today. We got so much value out of this. We really appreciate you being here. It's been a privilege to have you on the Inside BS Show.
1: It has been my absolute pleasure, Dave DiLorenzo. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Alrighty, folks, that'll do it for another episode of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo. We'll be back here again tomorrow with another great interview. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.